We're in the book of Exodus. Say, preacher, it's almost 1145. Give me just a couple of minutes. Bear with me just a couple of minutes. My Redeemer lives. That's what worship is all about. When you're in the 24th chapter of Exodus, God tells Moses in verse 12 to come up. Come up here. Come up here. There's some things that uh, are just evident here of worship. Number one, they saw God. That's what worship is all about, seeing God. We've seen God this morning. I'm telling you, it's all about God. It's not about who is here. It's not about who has on which suit or what clothes you have on. It's all about seeing God. And Moses and the people of Israel saw God. And then, then I notice in, in verse uh, following in chapter 24, he said, come up. A lot of reasons that people don't see God is because they don't prepare to see God. We have this idea that we're going to grab God and bring him down here where we are. God's not coming down here where we are. If you want to see God, you're going to have to go up. You're going to have to go up where he is. And so in worship, the Redeemer invites us to come up to where he is. And here's the third thing that's there about worship. He makes him wait six days. You look at the 24th chapter of Exodus. He said, come up. And he comes up and he waits six days before God speaks. Six days. Now, don't, don't misquote me and don't leave here saying I said something I didn't say. I love July because July at Woodland Hills is no tie month. I mean, I'd rip this tie off this morning if I wasn't afraid my mama would come up out of the grave and whoop the daylights out of me. <laughs> I, I'm all for being informal, and I, I have no problem with I, I, Honestly, I don't. I really don't. But listen, I'm afraid sometimes we become so informal that we have this idea that the Lord's our pal. He's not our pal, folk. He is the creator of the universe. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. He's the one, just as, as Mary so wonderfully said, those hands said, oh, the ocean, that's far enough. You can't come any farther. He's the one that slung the stars in the sky. He's the one that created heaven and earth out of nothing. And here people say today, well, you know, we're, we're creating life. Uh, no, you're not God. God made something out of nothing. If you want to be God, go get in a universe somewhere where there's not anything and then see what you can do. They worshiped. They, they worshiped the Lord. They saw the Lord. They went up and saw the Lord, and then they waited on the Lord, and he spoke to them. Now, here's what's astounding in verse 1 of chapter 25. After they've had a tremendous worship service, it's all been great. Here's what God says, listen to verse 1 of chapter 25 and 2. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, now, they just had a tremendous worship service. Would the Lord say, wow, what a day we've had today. Wow, it's been power-packed today. You know what the Lord says? Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Lord have mercy. That's a Baptist preacher's uh, glorious sermon right there. Bring me an offering. Amen. 
And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to bring the Lord an offering. It's amazing how all this just kind of works in here when you're preaching through the Word of God. I didn't plan this. This is how God set all of it up. He said, bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. Ye shall take my offering. Wow. Now, now let me just give you four things here quickly about this offering. Number one, about the giver. Because he says, bring me an offering of every man, listen now, that giveth it willingly of his heart. If you're going to give an offering this morning, any kind of offering, whether it's to the church, whether it's to the kingdom, whether it's to missions, or whether it's to the new Christian school, if you're going to give any kind of offering this morning, it better be from a willing heart. We used to run a thing in the bulletin. I said, please don't run that no more. It just irks me. It said, God loveth a cheerful giver, but he accepteth from a grouch. <laughs> I, you know, that, that may be all right. <laughs> but the bottom line is, if, if you're not bringing your offering with a willingness and a loving heart, best thing you do is keep that thing and go on out to eat with it. Because it'll do you better good and maybe give you some nourishment or something. Because it's not going to do you any good to bring it here. Unless you got a willing heart. The giver is involved in it. Anything that we do for God ought to be done willingly. I mean, there ought to be a smile on our face. It ought to be exciting that we're able to do anything for God. How in the world could we begrudge giving after what we've heard what Christ has done for us? So that offering ought to be willing. Second thing, though, not only the giver is important, but the gift is important. He said in verse 3, this is the offering which ye shall take of them, gold, silver, brass, blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, ram skins, dyed red, badger skins, shim wood, oil for the light, spices for anointing oil, and for sweet incense, onyx stones, stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. You say, wow, that's some, that's some high dollar stuff. It sure is. What does that mean? It means we ought to give our best to the Lord this morning. We ought to give our best. Hey, if we're not careful, we end up giving God the leftovers. And I'm telling you, God is not a leftover God this morning. He deserves our very best, whatever it is. I don't know. There'll be some of you here in this place that you can give the gold and the silver. But there's some of you here that don't have nothing but the brass. But I want to tell you, we've, the Bible's full of stories, parables, I think about the one of the little ladies sitting there, Jesus, and all the people are watching as they give the offering. And here come all the rich men, the Bible says in Luke 12, and they're putting in their money. And it's some big money. It's filling up the offering plates. And here comes a little woman with two mites. And the Lord says, hey, she's given more than all of these put together. That tells me, first of all, that money doesn't mean anything in heaven. God owns it all. If he runs out, he'll just make some more. I mean, he's uh, like our nation does, I guess. Just, <laughs> we run out, we just make a little bit more. <laughs> Only thing is he can back his up. The giver is important. Anything done willingly. And then whatever done must be our best. It must be our best. God is asking us today to give our best. And then it's got to be done by biblical principles. We, uh, we kind of tiptoe around on this, and, and we allow some stuff. Uh, the honest truth is I, I really don't care for it, but 
I'll, I'll give in and allow that. We allow our young people to have money calendars and they can do car washes and they can do this. But I want to tell you, the bottom line is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to take care of itself. If God told us to do something, he put the resources here to do it. I remember not long ago, well, it's been a while ago, I went to a mechanic. My car was broke down. I said, look, what's this thing going to cost me? I'm just a poor preacher. He said, I know. I heard you preach yesterday morning. <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't need to act like God's broke. I mean, in our churches sometimes, well, let's see if so-and-so will do this. Hey, let's don't see nothing. Let's give the best we've got to the Lord, and let's move on for the glory of God. It needs to be done biblically. Now, there's some things that we're still not going to do. Now, you can do in school and get away with it, and you can do in the Lions Club. You can do in all those things. But we still are going to draw the line. We ain't having no raffles here. Raffles is a part of gambling. You say, what makes that a part of gambling? One person wins and everybody else loses. That's not a good deal unless you're the one that wins. Amen? Amen. So what is our philosophy? The Word of God's philosophy is you work, you produce the material, and then they buy the material, and everybody wins. Everybody's blessed. So what we do has got to be done by the principles of God. You say, does that make a big difference? Only if you want God to bless it or not. Now, I want to tell you the blessing of God is more important than yours or mine, either one. And then that last thing I notice here, and I'm through, the reward. There's going to be a reward. I love what 20, uh, Revelation 21 says, Behold, the tabernacle of God comes, and he dwells with us. You know the glorious thing about heaven, that my Redeemer lives? The most glorious thing is not that I'm going to see people that I've missed that have gone on to be with the Lord. It, it's not going to be that I'm not going to have arthritis and I can't move my, all that's going to be healed. That's going to be wonderful. All that's going to be wonderful. But you know the most glorious thing about heaven? God's going to dwell with us. I, I, I love it here in the worship time in, in Exodus 24. It is not. Moses saying, God, I want to come up to see you. Oh, Lord, I want to see you. Hide, lift it up. Oh, God, let me go. In Exodus 24, it's God saying to Moses, come up here. And he's telling us this morning, come up here. Come on up. It, yeah, we want to be with him. The glorious thing about heaven and our reward is that he is going to tabernacle with us. And we're going to be with him for eternity. Every one of us in this room, everyone, I don't care who you are, don't care how old you are, every one of us in this room is going to live eternally. The difference is going to be whether you choose to live eternally with the Father, tabernacling with us. There's another place that folk don't want to talk about, but it's a place called hell. It's real. It's real. You just heard Mary say, Jesus called sin, sin. There is a heaven, and praise God, we want to go there. But there's also a hell. And remember, hell is not full of people that God rejected. Hell is full of people that rejected God. And so you've got an opportunity this morning. You've seen the whole story from, Mother, uh, from Mary's point of view. 
And man, how we've been blessed with that. And now we've come to the place where our Redeemer lives and he's gone and he's coming back again. And you've got an opportunity to say, Lord, I want to be in that group. I want to be counted in that group right there. Maybe this morning you need a church home. Hey, this is a great church home. I tell people all the time, told one yesterday, they, they mentioned it. They said, we saw you on television. If that church had a pastor, they would really do something. I said, I know that. I tell them that all the time. But I threaten them if anything ever happens. Amen. Hey, this is a great church for you to be a part of. Plug in and get connected. It's not perfect. It's not perfect at all. And if you're perfect thinking you're going to join a perfect church, don't join here because you'll mess it up. You go somewhere else. Maybe you just need to come and pray at this altar. Say, Lord, I've kind of lost the joy of serving you. I, I, I used to get excited about helping and serving. and It's just kind of grown drudgery. Maybe you need that joy restored. There's only one who can do that. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. I loved, I was listening to Alistair, Alistair Beck this, after, uh, this week. I'm going to start quoting all these people. Because under Baptists are now, everything's plagiarized. I'm going to just tell you right now, I plagiarize everything. There ain't a, ain't a, 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 a new bone in my body. I mean, every, anything you hear from me, I heard it from somebody else. I guarantee you. I'm not, I'm not. But he was saying this week that if you were standing before God and he said, why should I let you into heaven? If you start off with a personal pronoun, you're wrong. You're doomed for hell. If you start off saying, I gave a lot of money. I love people. I serve the Lord. I came to church. I did. You, you, you're wrong. You got to start off with the third person. He. He. He died on Calvary. Can you imagine <laughs> what that angel must have thought when she swoops down, he swoops down, he, she, whatever it is, an angel. Let's just say an angel. <laughs> swoops down. And that angel says, uh, I think we've got a problem here. Uh, you, I'm supposed to pick up this guy? This, this guy hanging on the cross, I'm supposed to pick him up and carry him back? Why, he's never been to a life group. He's never been baptized. He, he's never been in a church service. He was cursing the Lord just a few minutes ago. And I'm supposed to pick him up? You say, why don't I get to pick you up? And he had to look over and say, because of him. Because of him. And the only way you're going to get to heaven today, this eternal life, is because of him. The man in the middle of that cross. Father, thank you this morning. How we've been blessed. Lord, I ask you to speak. Lord, as only you can speak. Lord, You've drawn us and reminded us that our Redeemer lives. And that, Lord, you're standing with open arms saying, Come unto me, all you that labor in a heavy leg. I'll give you rest. Lord, would you have your way in this service today? We'll praise you. Thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Would you stand?